0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Let's go to the Word of God together and uh, let's get into this. Isaiah 54 has been a key passage for us at the beginning of this year. Uh, I know some people kind of go, well, we don't start our year until February. We start on the dot right here. We don't want to waste the Sunday, waste the service. Isaiah 54 verse 1 says this, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not laboured with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Don't spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. You will expand to the right and to the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations. You'll make the desolate cities inhabited. Don't fear. You won't be ashamed. Neither be disgraced. For you will not be put to shame. For you'll forget the shame of your youth. And not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He's called the God of the whole earth. This woman who's had all these years of almost, all these years of hope and hopefulness, And all of her hopes have proven to be empty. Nothing has come of them. And now God begins to speak to her and declare to her a brand new future, talks to her about all that He wants her to do. But I've discovered in life, for myself anyway, that everything is always easier to deal with if you're not the one that's in it. Everything's easy. Advice is always easier to give than it is to live. Everybody knows how to fix your problems, but nobody else has got your problems. Everybody else knows how your life could be better, but they're not living your life. I love that the Bible gives real insight for real people. I think about this because so many people in this country have written off the Bible as a bunch of outdated commandments that belong somewhere rather back in the dark ages that have got no relevance to our world today. And yet the Bible is actually not just a book of don't and do. It's not a book of behaviours. It's a book of life and the way that it works. And it's got so much wisdom to teach in it. I love the fact that Psalm 23 and verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, thou art with me. You know, I love the fact that it tells me there that getting out of the place where I've been stuck, getting out of difficulty is often a journey and it's not something that just kind of disappears overnight. Maybe that's happened to you. Maybe you've had a a magic windfall or something amazing or you you put in a prayer request and that afternoon everything shifted. I, I think that's awesome and we all believe that God can and does do that. But I want you to understand that if that's not your experience, it doesn't mean God didn't hear you. Because he said, I'll walk with you Through the valley of shadow death. Here's the great thing about that verse God is with you for the entire journey. He didn't say, We're going to give it a shot, we're going to have a crack at it, and if we can just kind of zap it in one, that'll be it. Well, it didn't work. Oh, never mind. Move on to something else. But God says, I'm with you in the entire journey. Sometimes it's a journey out of a difficult place. Psalm 84 verse 5 says blessed is the man or the woman whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. It's not where I am right now, it's where I'm going that matters. It's not whether right now everything's great. I would be amazed if there aren't lots of you here this morning that are not on a journey to somewhere greater than where you are. But it's a journey. This woman has had years of almost, years of disappointment. Now God says it's all going to change. Now God has spoken to us here at this church, Metro Church, that 2019 is the year of enlarge. We absolutely know it's a word from God. Just this week I've spoken with two leaders who before we started preaching this, God had spoken to them and in one case, spoken to one person and said, I want you to clear the decks and get ready for what I'm going to do in 2019 in your life. Just felt prompted. And so they actually created a, a day space in their life, in a very busy life, so that they could uh, make room so they could see enlarge coming to their life. And so I know that this is a word from God to our church. It's not a preaching theme. It's something God's saying to us. And he's saying there's increase and there's blessing and there is fulfillment for us. So I absolutely am confident that in this church, vision is going to see expansion already with the stuff coming up just this year with uh, Metro Young Adults, wherever Michael Partha has disappeared to, way up the back. Uh, go and see Michael if you're a young adult because it's not just about pizza. It's about far more than that. God has put a vision in this young man's heart. He and I drove down to Red Frogs uh, in uh, November, wasn't it? And I'm talking to Michael about uh, leadership of My, And I, that was in the, in the night where we're going into the zone and all that and uh, ministering to all these great young people, these high schoolers. And uh, that was a pretty pump kind of night. But on the way home, I just started talking to Michael about what I believe God wants to do with the young adult generation. And he said to me the next day, he said, Pastor, it wasn't the opportunity that spoke to my life, but it moved from a somebody ought to to a I have to moment in my life. And that's... Uh, a vision that's in his heart. He's not leading a program. Please understand we don't look for leaders of programs. We look for people that are carrying a divine vision in their heart. Something that they believe God will do in an extraordinary way far and above anything they could achieve on their own. So exactly the same way with Amanda Ellaby who you saw up here uh, singing over here. She leads our ministry into the community. Well it's actually a ministry into our entire church. But I know that God is speaking to her about This year and what that looks like. I know that when it comes to red frogs, Hayden, we're not only in in, uh, Malaysia and we've not only been in India, but this year he goes off to Egypt. I'm speaking at a Middle East conference in Malaysia. Uh, Some of you remember Pastor Fakri and Mary Hannah who spoke here last year, and uh, we're all meeting together in KL and beginning to talk about what the Middle East can look like and what God can do in that place. But, you know, it's not just over there somewhere, rather. On February 24, Hayden, is it? Uh, dinner and church, we've invited 1,500 university uh, students. Uh, we've invited them to dinner at church right here on February the 24th in the p.m. You won't be able to park in the car park, all 13 of you. <laughs> you won't be able to park in the car park because gonna, that's going to be full of food trucks where we, it's going to be an amazing night. So I know that 2019 is going to be a year of expansion and a year of growth and a year of strength. But I also know that when you get a word like that, I wish that it was not what I used to think, that if you got a prophetic word, God just did it. While well, I sat back on the sun lounge of the Holy Spirit, sipping my pina colada. I don't even know what that is. I've never had one, but it's a drink that's in my brain right now, and I probably wouldn't drink it unless it, well, don't you know, forget about it. You don't really care. All I know is this, that it doesn't work like that. That this woman, after all these years, after the loss of her husband, she's a widow. She's got to make some profound shifts in her life. I'm going to give you quickly, Then are not my message, I'm going to give you quickly the five shifts we've all got to make. And you'll identify with these, I know. Lots of you here that have encountered some kind of issue. Maybe you just think, you know, I've been a Christian a long while. And I've gotten so used to the landscape. And now God turns up, says, draw a bigger circle around your life. Look for the enlarge. And you go, but God, the biggest problem in all of this is actually not the, the mechanics of it. But it's what's got to shift inside of me for you to bring this to pass. She's got to shift firstly from a focus on the past to a focus on the future. This woman's whole conversation in life will be about the loss of her husband. Looking back, seeing what could have been, what might have been, what she hoped would have been. She's got to shift out of that and begin to go, you know what? Even though the years have passed, my destiny hasn't passed. I'll say that again even though the years have passed. Come on, I know I'm speaking to people here right now. Some of you that have had a dream and you've parked it, you've put it away in storage somewhere or other, you've thought to yourself, well, that'll never happen. Years have gone by, nothing has occurred. That hasn't taken place. And God then turns up to your life and goes, this is the year of enlarge. And all of a sudden you've got to stop thinking about the past and you've got to start thinking about the future. Second shift you've got to make is a shift from disappointments to expectation. If you've been through a major illness in life, a major loss in life, a major shift in terms of maybe your employment or some other circumstance of life, see, it's never about the outward thing that happens. It's always about what the outward thing does on the inside of you. And so she's had disappointment, has taken up residence in her life. And God goes, you got to stop letting your emotional life overflow with disappointment. And there's got to start to come expectation in your life. Now, please don't switch off. After I get through these five, which won't take long, I want to talk to you about how you make the shift. And it's all in Isaiah 54, the first five verses. It's about how you go about it. Here's the third one. She's got to shift from an acceptance of what she knows to plans for what she hasn't seen. Lots of us. The greatest obstacle to your future is your acceptance of your present. This is just the way it is. Well, I've always been like that. Well, all my relationships have been fraught with problems. I just don't seem to be able to hang on to any blessing that comes my way. You've got to shift from acceptance to the plans. Fourth one, she's got to shift from a perspective of God who withholds to a God who gives abundantly and liberally. No doubt this woman has prayed on and on and on, often and often, and said, God, give me a child. And yet her prayers were never answered. And she would very easily begin to think about God as the one who's holding back. And all of a sudden God says, you know what, I'm about to give you more than you ever hoped for. She's got to shift from her opinion of God as one who holds back, as one who gives liberally. Fifth shift she's got to make is the shift from yesterday and one day to today. Such a powerful shift. Lots of us have lived our lives... You know, with yesterday, well, it could have happened. Well, if only that had occurred back there, but it never took place. Well, one day, maybe it can take place somewhere in the future. And God begins to speak to this woman, not about her yesterdays, not about her one days. He says, it's today. This is what's going to happen. How do you make shifts like that after years of disappointment or the impact of loss? Maybe it had that or some kind of an ongoing difficulty or attack and it's left you stuck. What do you do? Well, let's get into this quickly this morning. Let's talk about how you shift from where you are. And can I say to you, these are profound. They're from the Scripture. They work and they'll work for you. And I really want you to take note of them in some way or other. Just write down the three headings. There's only three. Write down the three or get the... The CD people still have it. How many of you still got a CD player? Eight of you. Uh, the rest of you can get podcasts. We've got a private YouTube channel, MetroChurch dot something. Uh, just go to YouTube and type in, search MetroChurch WA, MetroChurch WA, and you'll get it right there every time. It's fantastic. You know there are people who attend other churches, and I get texts from them. They're over east. And when they get home at lunchtime, they sit and they watch this service. So hello to all of you. God bless you. Amen. And have we showed you our giving slide? No. That was a joke. Calm down. I wasn't serious. How do you make a shift in life? Because I want to help you this morning. No matter who you are, maybe your life looks like a train wreck. Maybe it looks like, you know, it was your fault. Maybe it looks like it just happened and it's not your fault. But, you know, you don't want to get stuck. I've been there and I know what it's like to get stuck emotionally. And it kind of almost, you know, your best efforts don't seem to make the thing go. Let's give it to you. Here, number one, first thing you've got to do. First thing God says to this woman is act in the opposite spirit. Act in the opposite spirit. Verse 1, he says, sing, O barren. Now, the sing that she's meant to sing is not the song of loss. It's not some kind of dirty tune of, of disappointment. She's meant to sing a song of joy. And yet I'm absolutely sure she doesn't feel like it. Nothing has changed. She's not feeling a stirring in the womb. There's no evidence yet that she's got anything. And everybody else would say, wait and see. Don't get your hopes up. Just be careful. You've got to be sure. And God says to that woman in the middle of all that, don't be like that. I want you to begin to sing. God tells her to do something that might seem insufficient. Like whoever got pregnant because they sang. Well, nobody I know of. I'm sure it would seem insufficient. I'm pretty confident it would have appeared absolutely useless. Most likely, it'd be the kind of thing you'd want to go and shut all the windows and doors before you did it. You don't want to see your neighbour coming up and saying, Are you okay? You know, I heard you singing and I couldn't figure out what you had to think about. Saying you're an old widow and you got no kids and here you are and nothing's changed. What do you got to sing about? And God says, act in the opposite spirit. Do something that's different to what your normal way of living has been. God does this all the time. In Malachi chapter 3. See, every preacher I've ever heard preach on Malachi tells you about Malachi 3 verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house, says the Lord. And see that I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. What they don't tell you is that Malachi chapter 1 and Malachi chapter 2 is about a people that are oppressed, about a people that are running out of resources, that there are people whose families are getting more and more dysfunctional every day. They don't tell you the background for this. It's actually not a people that are prosperous and God is saying, come and give me some of your extra, some of your excess. He's not saying that to a people that have got the best job and they just got a new house. He's coming and saying it to people that are actually complaining to God they haven't got enough. And it's those people that God comes to and says, bring me a tithe. Why? Because it's the opposite spirit to the way you would think. If I haven't got enough, Don't tell me to give. That's the last thing I want to do. That would certainly seem insufficient. You mean to tell me, Jeff, if I give, I'll get more. But I haven't got enough now. Right throughout the scripture. This is a principle that seems to work with God. Give away. Do something. Act in the opposite spirit. Listen to it. There's got to be a shift in your will before there ever will come a shift in your emotions or your circumstances. When God tells her to sing, it does not require an emotional high. See, I don't have an emotional high right now. At least I don't think. I don't know what I feel. But I can still sing. If I was depressed, I could still sing. I don't have to sing something that appeals to you, but I can still sing. What's the song that's stuck in my head right now? I have resurrection power, living on the inside, Jesus. You have given us freedom. I'm singing all this, and I'm not even thinking about what I'm singing, but I can still do it while I check on my Instagram. No longer. Mark Ramsey, someone's in summary. Mike's Cambodian adventure continues. You have given us. Why am I doing that? I I'm not advocating we should sing mindlessly. I'm just telling you that you can act in the opposite spirit without feeling anything about it. And there's got to come a shift in your will. I don't know whether it's just a Western culture, but it's certainly a part of our thinking here. We all attack the feelings, So, listen, so much of the, I'm about, I'm about to, uh, mm, mm. just row back a little bit, Jeff, and think before you say that. But so much of the things that are capturing media attention in our nation outside of the church, so many of those things are about trying to fix emotions without doing something. Uh, You know, you take that to read whatever you like. But we've almost made emotions the highest expression of our humanity. And I'm pretty sure uh referenced this last week. The highest expression of your humanity is not your emotions, it's your will. It's not what you feel, it's what you do. I heard him say it on the CD I listened to. It was a CD. Old school. I tried to get it on a five and a quarter inch floppy disk. <laughs> How many of you don't even know what that is? I should bring one one week just to show you. A couple of the youngies down here, they're going, what's a five and a quarter inch floppy disk? Well, it's a bit like reel to reel tape. You know what that is? No, you haven't got a clue. What about slate and, and slate pencil? You know what that is? But you had that at school, did you? No, you didn't. Papyrus and reed. What about a, what about a duck? quill pen and the ink. How many of you here, come on, let me just check how old everybody is. Anybody here go to school where you had a desk that had an inkwell? Oh, mercy. Lord, Lord, give all the old people a big hand. Come on. Give all the oldies a big hand. Gracious me, an inkwell. How many of you remember the day you graduated from pencil to ink? Huh? The big presentation. How many of you have never seen a pen? You don't know why one is. You say, I type everything. Yeah, okay, right, it's cool. I don't know how I got onto that. but I do know this, that we have made emotions the highest expression. And God does not go to this woman, so I want you to feel different. I want you to meditate on me and on my promises until your emotions rise up and then you'll be ready to go. See, we want to feel great and then we'll go and act great. And God says, why don't you act great? And when you act great, your feelings are going to catch up. And so we've got to act in the opposite spirit. Let me give it to you again. There's got to be a shift in your will before there's a shift in your emotions or your circumstances. Matthew chapter 5, let me give you another example. Matthew 5, verse 43, first sermon Jesus ever preached. Here it is, part of it. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But now watch this. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Do you know, plainly and obviously, Three of the four things he says to do, you can do without any emotion at all. I actually think you can do the whole four. But certainly three of them. You can bless somebody without feeling anything. You do it all the time. When you buy your boss a present you didn't really want to buy. You bless them. Isn't that right? Anybody ever given someone a tip, even though the service wasn't that great? I remember when we drove last year from Hyderabad, from the hotel to the airport, I gave the driver a gigantic tip. I tried giving him several along the way. (laughs) Isn't the speed limit 80? He's doing 130. You know, are those white lines on the road meant to indicate where we are supposed to drive? Apparently not. He just drove wherever he fell like it. And uh, but when we got out, I, I honestly, I pulled out the biggest note in my wallet, and I gave him the biggest tip I could give him, just in gratitude for having arrived alive. <laughs> That's true. Did he deserve it? Well, he kind of got us there. Rhonda sat, I'm not making this up, Rhonda sat in the back seat. I'm in the front, which was more dangerous. She sat in the back seat and for the 45 minutes we drove, she prayed in tongues the entire journey. <laughs> so if on that night you've suddenly discovered that your angels have disappeared, I can tell you where they were. They were all sitting on our car. All these things here, you can do them. You can bless whether you feel it or not. You can pray. Jesus said pray for those. Well, that doesn't mean you've got to feel it. Oh, God, I just love them so much. I just want them to be blessed. Maybe you hate their innards. Well, come on, let's be honest here. Come on. Church is, church is not where everyone turns up, you know, everything is beautiful in its own way. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. This is get down and dirty and and where life's at. Church is a workplace, and you can pray for them. God, I pray you'll bless them. Oh God, bless them. Oh God, you can not tell you, oh God, oh God. And something inside of you goes, oh God, bless them with boils. <laughs> but you don't say that because you've read what Jesus said, and you begin listen. You act in the opposite spirit. You do something. These things he told us to do, they're certainly not natural. They're certainly not normal. But it's the opposite spirit that always releases the blessings of the kingdom. Listen, just about always. What do you feel like doing? Do the opposite. Most times you're going to be right. Act in the opposite spirit. He tells you to do this. And it's got to start, something starts shifting when you act. Come on. Well, maybe you've been so hurt by people, all you want to do is shut people out. You want to stay at home and watch reruns of, you know, Days of Our Lives or, you know, Neighbours. God, who'd ever want to live in whatever that, even, that place even is? I don't even know what it is. I've never watched an episode in my life. I don't intend to start because I see the promos. They all hate each other and they you know, everything's wrong and go, I'd move out of that town, wherever it is, or street. Is it Ramsey Street? Was that another thing? I don't even know. It's another one, isn't it? I'm just asked the front row because they all watch it and they all know. I'm just checking out. huh? It's Ramsey Street. Pastor Hayden knows. Kylie updates him. No, no, no. I'm sure she doesn't. Act in the opposite spirit. Here's the second thing that he tells her to do prepare for the future that you want. None of this is rocket science, and you know when I preach this, every preacher wants everybody to think, "Boy, that was amazing." That's where we're honest. We all want you to think that, and are we clever and don't we know a lot of the Bible? But sometimes what you've got to bring to people is so simple that you go, "Oh God, that guys think this is too simple." But I can't tell you, sometimes the most powerful thing is the most simple thing. Act in the opposite spirit. Prepare for the future that you want. He tells her to enlarge her house for the kids, plural, that are coming. And He doesn't say wait till they're born. He tells her, start preparing now. Let me ask you, what are the things you've been praying for but not preparing for? Because maybe God's not going to bring what you're praying for until He observes you preparing for. huh? There's always something you can do now before the answer comes. She's told to enlarge. Do the preparation. Only God can bring the miracle, but only you can do the preparation. And see, the problem is we get that mixed up and we get them around the wrong way. We get all the emotional pressure and the stress of I've got to make this happen. And we expect God to do all the work when the opposite is the way it works. Isn't that right? Come on. Don't all look at me like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Because I know it applies to all of you. Every single one. Me included. What do I, what do I need to start doing now? Can't tell you this is true. Uh, Jeremy will bear this out. The last year, we have spent almost the entire year as a core leadership team preparing for this year. Preparing, doing things, changing things. You've observed a lot of that. But that was never just because we go, well, you know, we should you know, change that. We're bored. It's because we're preparing for what God wants to do. Amen. Prepare for the future that you want. Here's the last one, number three. These are so simple and I want you to take them away and think about them and begin to do them. Act in the opposite spirit. Prepare for the future you've asked for. Number three, build something. Build Something. You go, what do you mean by that? I've just observed lately some people that I know who've stopped building. And I've noticed that when people stop building, a couple of things happen. One is they start getting critical. When you've got no job, nothing you're building, I guarantee that one of the things you'll do next is start criticizing what other people are building. You start going, well, I wouldn't do that and I don't like that. How I many people have ever been to a sporting event? I've, I've been, the well, last time I went was to the rugby league doubleheader at Optus Stadium. You know, the best players obviously were not on the paddock. I know that because the bloke in front of me knew everything they should have done. And he's telling them, he's yelling at them and giving up to them and, you know, pass the ball! I feel like going down and saying, run on the field. (laughs) Oh, you can't run. Oh, never mind. You need the oxygen tent after 30 seconds. Huh? Why is that? It's because when you stop building, you start getting critical of what everybody else is on about and what they're doing. I've learned never to criticise another church because I really don't know what they're doing. So why would I tell, I don't like that, I don't like that. I don't like that ministry, I don't like that. I haven't got time for really, sorry, but I haven't got time for people who kind of always want to bag out the church. Huh? Well, you know, the church is this, the church is that. Really? The one I'm a part of is human in one sense. It's full of humans. And so therefore it's full of imperfection. But my goodness, it's doing a great job. My goodness, it's reaching lives and touching people and loving people and they're praying and seeking God. And I think that's awesome. Amen. None of you here, if you've ever got married, ever got married and as you came down the aisle, go, well, I wouldn't wear that dress. <laughs> Stand up straight, will you? God, you had not even done oh, What a ridiculous hairdo. do. <laughs> huh? And look at those blooming bridesmaids. I've seen better bridesmaids at a fancy dress party. You wouldn't do that. Why? Because you are building something. You are building a future. And so you're in love with it. Amen. And yet some people, the bride of Christ is the church and all they can do is say, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Amen. Just thought I'd chuck that in for a so my advice always to people is, if you are stuck somewhere, find a way to build. Don't wait. Don't just pray. Pray for sure, but don't just pray. Well, Father, I'm just praying that the Lord will use me in a great way. Oh, God, I'm praying. Why don't you shut up that for a bit and go and do something? Amen. I, just, I felt to say that in love. Amen to do here. We got toilets need cleaning. That's not my ministry. Well, until your ministry arrives, do that. Oh, I just got real quiet. You know I love you. Proverbs 9 verse 1 says, wisdom builds. Get involved in building something. Forget about whether it's your ministry. Find that out. But don't let that be the determining factor. Just get involved with building something doesn't even have to be directly contributing to what you think your answer is. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1. I'll finish with this team. Please come. It says, Now it happened when Sembalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I'd rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at that time I hadn't hung the doors and the gates. That Sembalat and Geshem, they're onlookers. They're not building anything. They're just watching. They say, Come let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messages to them saying, I'm doing a great work. So why should I come down? Why should the work cease? Why should the work cease? Why should I stop building something? Because somebody else, come on. I don't know who it is here this morning, but somebody just recently, you've had people criticizing your attempts and telling you, well, that's insufficient. Maybe it's family, and they're saying, well, really, what are you really achieving anyway? And what are you really doing? And I believe that God wants to say to you today, why should the work cease? wants you to lay a hold of an enlarge in your life. The spirit of enlarge doesn't start with an anointing and a feeling. The spirit of enlarge starts with acting in the opposite spirit, preparing for the future you've asked for, and beginning to build something. Heavenly Father, help us today in Jesus' name. Across this auditorium and a part of this service via YouTube or the podcast, all these people, people that are wondering, people that are waiting, people that are watching, people that are hoping and people that have been hoping for a long period of time. And yet Holy Spirit, Today, you say, come on, today's the day. It's not yesterday. It's not one day. It's today's the day. Lord, you ask us sometimes to do things that we think, well, that wouldn't do much. What on earth would doing good to them that despitefully use you do it, just encourage them. They'd think I was being a wuss. They'd think I was accepting. And yet, Jesus, you tell us to do things that are so different the way the world thinks help us all lord i pray in jesus name help every one of us in the mighty name of jesus god i pray for people here that have been stuck and no one's known that they're stuck but today you're going to help them right now right while i'm speaking i i'm not i didn't write this down i know this to be so right now that there are people here and privately you've you've i, I see you like putting the dream like a an old volume you read and you put it up on the on the library shelf and it's gathering dust out there and God says come on the passage of time is not the passing of your destiny days have passed but your destiny hasn't god wants you to get that thing down and begin to read it again somebody here you actually did like a I'd call it like a photo album you wrote it down you you, you put pictures in. You go, this is what my life's going to be. This is what I'm praying for. But when it never happened, you went, oh, well, I must have missed it. You put it aside. God goes, come on, pick it up again. Look at those same pictures again. They are still the pictures I gave you. Let God build something great in your life in Jesus. Come on. Come on. Some of you here, you've dreamt dreams. You've believed for it. God. The word that the Lord has given you today is enlarge. Enlarge. Begin to sink. Begin to act in the opposite spirit. Prepare for it. Start getting rid again and go, but oh, Jeff, I've had so much disappointment. I don't want to be disappointed again. Can I say to you boldly and audaciously, don't allow the fear of disappointment to throttle vision in its early stages. So many people begin to dream and then the fear of it not working stops them right there. Begin to dream it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father, to help us. Lord, I pray for people that are here that don't know you, they're not connected to you. They don't know, Jesus, that you actually said that we have to be born again. They haven't heard it. They don't know that there is a life transformation waiting for them from you. That you're not about trying to just get their life get a bit better, but you actually want to transform them supernaturally. Something only you could do. We couldn't have done it. We could be religious, but we couldn't do that. We could change some habits, but we couldn't change our life like that. And God, you want to do that for people in this place and watching right now in Jesus' name. So let me speak to you, whether you're here in front of me or whether you're watching this or listening to it. If you're listening, pull over to the side of the road for a minute if you're listening in a car. Get somewhere where you can stop for long enough to say, God, I'm hearing you. I want to obey you. I want to say yes to you. And if that's you, then right where you are, I want to pray with you and for you. I want to lead you in a prayer that's so simple, so easy to do, but it's so life transforming. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, open my life to you. And I receive you. I want to be transformed. I want to walk with you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I believe that if you prayed that prayer and meant it, I believe Jesus has come into your life. I believe if you prayed that prayer and meant it, I believe that you're born again of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for doing something. Whether you felt it or not, you did it. We want to make sure we help you so that you continue to walk with God. Look this way, man. Let me tell you what you can do. Here's the first thing. You could go to the Connect Hub. You'll see it out there. You can't miss it out in the cafe area at the entrance. You can go up to someone there and just say this, I prayed the prayer. They'll help you. They'll know exactly what to do. You could simply just text yes to 0488 826 392. The number's coming up on the screen for you right now. And you could text yes to that number. All that'll happen is that tomorrow morning or whenever you do it the next morning at 7 a.m., you will get on your phone uh, a, a scripture and a prayer that'll help you to begin walking with God, that's what'll happen. The only thing we'll ever email you about or text you about will be when water baptism's coming up because we believe that's the next step. And we'd love to let you know about that. And that's all done from within our church. It's not done outside. No one else has got the data. It's only us here. You can do that and text yes. And then you can opt out whenever you like or as it goes for 30 days. You could go online if you're overseas watching this. You can go online to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Two clicks is all it takes. So I checked my email this morning at 7 a.m. I got a yes email because I signed up. So I got a yes email that talks about how I can walk with God and gives me a prayer. It's not a magic prayer, but it's a prayer to help you get started praying. So you can read it out and say that prayer, dear Lord Jesus. It's a great thing to do. I'm believing that people in this place and people watching, Today, you're going to be born again of the Holy Spirit because you say yes to Christ in Jesus' name. This is the year of enlarging. He wants to enlarge your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Give all those people, wherever they are, a big hand. and Just say, we love you. We're praying for you. We're connecting with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I pray that that helped you today. And that you'll start, if that applies to you, start saying, you know what, how do I enlarge? Now, I don't know that all of us here in this place would say, I'm stuck or it's all bad. Some of us here are going to say, it's great, but I want to take the next step. Same principle. Do, act in the opposite spirit. Secondly, prepare for the things you're asking for. And then thirdly, and so importantly in this whole setup of this whole thing, we want to then go on from that, not just to do. And not just to prepare, but we want in our life to say, I'm going to build something. I'm going to be involved with that. If that's you, go to the Connect Hub. Say, I need to start building something. Where could I be involved? And you can do that in Jesus' name.